Hi, I'm Jason Seaver. I'm a psychiatrist, and I believe in the infinite potential of the human spirit. And I'm Maggie Seaver. I'm a mother, and the infinite potential of the human spirit scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Don't let her fool you. She's not so tough. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, anyway, last week, after 15 years of motherhood, Maggie went back to work as a reporter for the local newspaper. And Jason moved his practice into the house so he can be there for the kids. They're great kids. Yeah. And we have a great relationship with them. Yeah, there's just one problem. Their father trusts them, and they know it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Show me that smile again. Don't waste Happy 2020, Seaver fans. This is Angela Bowen, the host of Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. How's everyone doing? I hope your new year was well, that your Christmas was well, that 2020 is shaping up to be a good year for you. Well, I figured since it is January and it is winter, why not do a winter-ish Growing Pains episode? Of course, the one I'm talking about is Season 7, Episode 14, entitled The Call of the Wild, which aired on January 4th, 1992. In this episode, Kate wants to go skiing, and Mike doesn't have the money, because of course, why would he? He seems to always not have money. He finds a bargain if 20 rooms are booked, the 21st is free, he gets Ben, Carol, Dwight, and Luke to go, and the others are supposed to be Ben's chess club, but Ben takes the school rowdies instead. <laughs> I like whoever put in this um, description here. This episode's got a 7.4 out of 10 based on 199 ratings. It was directed by Andy Cadiff, writers Neil Marlin's a creator, Wendy Braff, Show staff writer Bob Burris. The episode was written by executive story story editor Lilani Downer and Michael Ware. We have uh, some cast members here. A familiar face if you watched The Walking Dead back in like season, what was it, five or six? Uh, Michael Chudlitz plays someone named Chuck Steak. <laughs> we um, have a Scott Foltz play, playing Leo Limetongue. I remember his last name being like Plotnik or something like that. Jody Creedmore, played by Carla Tamborelli. Why does that name sound familiar? Has she been in something I've seen? Well, I haven't seen Pulp Fiction. She was in Forever Young. She just. I remember the lady. It's like, I feel like I've seen her in something other than growing pains she was in an episode of seinfeld the stand-in okay still not ringing any bell who's the boss oh she was in two episodes of she was in there must be a pony from season seven that's episode eight and this episode she was also in die hard she was in an episode of cop rock the show valerie which before that would have been or no was it it was Valerie and then it was like the Hogan family or no it was like Valerie Valerie's family the Hogan family and so on and so forth 
So Christopher Burgard plays Dwight Halliburton, and his hair looks crazy. He doesn't even look like himself, cause his he looks like a rocker with like the curly hair on top and like shaved on the sides. He just looks so different. Is this supposed to be him too? Oh my gosh, he just he looks so different. We have Ashley Cooper Kearns, who is actually Joanna Kearns, uh, Maggie, who plays Maggie Seaver. This is her real-life daughter. She plays Crystal in this episode, and she's been in at least one other episode. It says one episode, but I swear she was in the Meet the Seavers episode from, what, season six? Asher Metchik, who is actually the younger brother of, um... Aaron Michael Mechik, who played Stephen Floyd on The Torkelsons, he was actually Stephen Floyd 2.0. Um, he was in the movie along with his little brother in Trading Mom, which starred St- uh, Sissy Spacek, and Anna Klumsky from My Girl. She, he, let's see, the little <laughs> Asher was also in The Babysitter's Club. He played Jackie Radowski. He, it was a Babysitter's Club movie from 95. Oh, he was in Freaky Friday. Oh, that was such a good movie. The Freaky Friday from 95. The di- <sighs> Honestly, I like this TV movie, Freaky Friday, better than the original and better than the Jamie Lee Curtis, Lindsay Lohan version. I really do. Oh, he was also in Karina Karina. An episode of Promised Land, the television show that was like a spinoff of Touched by an Angel. Oh wow, he was also in an episode of uh, American Dreams. He played a trumpet player, so he's not, doesn't have a character name. So, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Apparently there is a boom mic visible. When Mike and Kate are chatting by the fire, a boom mic is seen as the camera pans to the right. You know what? I better keep an eyeball out for that. Of course, a really... Rarely, if ever, is a user review on IMDb for any of the episodes of Growing Pains. There might be like one or two every great ones in a while, but it's uh, very uncommon. <laughs> so we do, of course, with it being season seven, we do get to see Leonardo DiCaprio as Luke Brower. Oh, he's such a cutie patootie. So it's amazing how young he was. This was him really starting out. Granted, before this, he did have the... Um, short-lived um parenthood series before nbc kind of took it over in like what was it 2008 2009 i believe but it's just amazing to see how far leonardo dicaprio has come over the course of you know since he was on growing pains but um all right, if you are new to the podcast, if you want to follow the podcast and find out about upcoming episodes, being this is a monthly podcast, so you can go to Facebook and just type in Growing Pains Podcast and then show me show me your smile, a Growing Pains Podcast. Wait, wait, <laughs> show me that smile again. <laughs> a Growing Pains Podcast that will come up. Also, Instagram, Growing Pains Pod also find it there and if you'd like to send an email to the podcast it is actually covered under the looking back on my wonder years podcast soundcloud page and itunes just search for wonder years it'll come up that's where you will find the growing pains episodes along with episodes of mr belvedere the first season of silver spoons all six seasons of the wonder years have been covered as well also you will find select episodes of full house And starting tomorrow, I will be dropping the first 
episode of my new podcast entitled I Left My Heart in Everwood, an Everwood podcast. So look forward to that tomorrow. All right, without further ado, let's get right into this episode. All right, so we have the cold open here. We have Mike and Kate in the living room, and they're watching the news about the top 10 worst pizza places. And Mike's like, oh, what was number two again? Antonio's or Giuseppe's? And they also learn that a bunch of snow is going to be dumped on ski areas. So Kate, of course, just jumps on that in a heartbeat. Like, oh my gosh, wouldn't it be so great and romantic to go skiing? Of course, Kate wants to be romantic and go skiing and everything. And she's like, oh, the fresh, cold wind in our faces. And of course, (laughs) Mike's like, well, I'd rather do this two-for-one pizza deal. And he's like, if you want, we could take it out in the outside in the backyard and eat it there with the cold wind in our faces. And she's like, ugh. Of course, Mike flat out admits, I can't afford a ski trip. And Kate's like, it's not a big deal. I have money saved over for my last modeling job. So, of course, Mike being a guy, he's like, well, I don't want you to have to pay. You're a woman. He's like, I'd like to pay for the little woman. And Kate, of course, gets offended because who wouldn't get offended at that? Like, fuck you. If she wants to pay, let her pay. Like, it's just all about money and him wanting to be able to afford to take her places. You know, at least he can afford to take her out to dinner. And she's like, yeah, I just, I hate having to hide in the bathroom while you order Happy Meals from McDonald's. Jeez. Because we all know that even though Mike is like 20 years old, he's still a giant freaking kid at the end of the day so mike's like look kate i'm a man if anything i have my pride and then we flip the switch and now he's begging carol for money of course carol shuts him down like mike i have three words for you no way and he's like well that's only two and she's like no way stumphead of course you know luke's eating breakfast cereal at the at the table so he kind of overhears this conversation and even he i'm with luke it's like just let kate pay for the fucking thing she's the one that wants to go skiing and he's like that's it i'm gonna pay for this trip out of my own pocket and even luke's like yeah do they accept lint because that's all that's in your pockets but mike's gonna go through with it as he calls the white mountain lodge to find a room So you have no fucking money, yet you're going to call them anyway and see if they have a room that you clearly can't afford. Why waste their time? Luke's like, look, man, just let Kate pay. What's the big deal? And Mike's like, hey, look, you wouldn't understand her, right? And of course Luke's like, wow, Mike pays. He's a big man. But if Kate pays, he's a big puss puss. It's pretty fucking simple. Of course, Mike's like, hey, can you tell me what your cheapest yet most impressive room is? $300. Holy shit. And Mike's like, god damn. Um, do you have a room that maybe someone was murdered in? <laughs> Fuck. Get up. I wouldn't want to stay in a room someone was murdered in. I don't care how cheap it is. You couldn't pay me to stay in a room someone was murdered in. Apparently that's $275, so it's like $25 cheaper. Huh. I'd stay away from the White Mountain Lodge. That's, uh, that makes me nervous. Apparently, the only thing they got is a free room if he brings 20 paying customers with him. How the fuck is that a free room? Are they just, pl- they're paying for the skiing, but not the room? 
so you got to bring 20 people that all want to pay to go skiing. Gotcha. All right. Well, whatever. Mike's like, that's fine. Just just book it, Dano. And it's like, oh, I, I mean, book it, Maurice. The whole time, Luke's like listening to Mike's half of the conversation. And he he Luke hears the whole, you know, uh, a free room only if he brings 20 paying customers. And Luke's like, well, that's that, pretty much. But... He's surprised. Like, looks at Mike like, the fuck is wrong with you, guy? As Mike is like, yeah, fine, I can do that. I can find 20 people to... So not yeah, he's got to find 20 people to go on the ski trip. This, which is supposed to be a romantic weekend for him and his girlfriend. Yet he's got to bring, like, 20 other people. $50 to go skiing? Are you off your nut? I mean, this was 1992. What, 91, 92? That's a shit ton of money, $50 in the early 90s. So, looks like, yeah, I mean, I've been saving my allowance, okay. Uh, the only thing is, how are you going to find 19 other people to come along? And that's where Ben comes in. Because he is the president of the chess club. Like I said in previous season 7, I don't like how they nerdified his ass. I fucking hate it. Ben used to be so hot and awesome back in like season 5. And they just shit on him like no tomorrow. Like here, let's throw some glasses on you. Let's make you have your hair, grow your hair out and all this shit. Which I mean, it's not a big deal with the glasses. I mean, but it's just they really dumbed his character way, way down, and they just made him just talk and seem pathetic looking. But in season five, every girl wanted to be up on his dick. So I want to play this clip as Mike and Luke are trying to convince Ben to invite the Dewey High Chess Club skiing. Which, Ben is like, look, those kids are too uncoordinated to ski. They won't want to ski. There's just no way this is going to work out. Mike, the chess club is the valley of the geefers. These guys won't want to ski. But Ben, they'll listen to you. You're their president. I tried to resign. He started crying. (laughs) Well, that's just the kind of gentle souls that I'd like to chaperone. Mike, these guys are too uncoordinated to ski. Last week, Leo Plotnik got his toe stuck in his fly. (laughs) It's no problem. It's perfect. They don't have to ski. They just have to pay. So what's in this for me? Well, you'll have Jack Frost nipping at your nose, and you'll have a gorgeous ski bunny nipping at your... 18 sign-ups, and I made them all pay cash. (laughs) Excuse me. I have to go sew some Olympic patches on my jacket. Mission accomplished. All right, but one question. What are you and Kate going to do surrounded by 18 doofy with cheese in their braces? You're right. Now, do I know who's gullible enough to chaperone a herd of nerds? Apparently, Leo Lime Tongue Plotnik, who we will meet later on, got his toe stuck in his fly. How in the fucking fuck do you do that? Why would your foot be anywhere near your groin? Well, you're taking a piss. I don't know. <laughs> of course, Mike's like, hey, look, Ben, they're, you're the president of the chess club. These doofy people will listen to your ass. 
And of course, Ben's like, hey, look, I tried to resign, okay? They started crying. <laughs> and, and Ben's all like, look, what, what is in this for me? What do I get out of this? And Mike's like, well, I mean, you'll have a gorgeous ski bunny. Like, oh, no, Mr. Jack Frost will be nipping at your nose while a gorgeous ski bunny is going to be sucking on your knob. <laughs> and, of course, that does the trick because he gets the entire chess club to um, pay in cash. He's got this giant cloth bag that looks like something a manager of a pizza parlor would take when he needs to do a bank run. Like, and it it's clearly looks like it's filled with, like, coins and change. So Ben, of course, excuses himself to go sew some Olympic patches on his jacket. Now, when he said, I've seen this episode before, you know, when I was, like, 16, and, I mean, the DVD here does not even have subtitles, but I'm just thinking... It didn't sound like Olympic when I first heard it. It sounded like he said, like, Lubbock or Olympic or Lubnick or... I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? But no, he's like, I need to sew some Olympic patches on my jacket. Because apparently that, by doing that, he's going to get his D wet that way. So, meanwhile, I mean... Luke and Mike are in the kitchen. One of them's making a sandwich. I don't know who. It looks like there's like me, uh, bread and cheese and mustard. I don't see any meat there. But um, Luke brings up a great question. Like, okay, this is supposed to be a romantic weekend for you and Kate. The fuck? What are you going to do with 19 kids, nerds, mind you, with cheese in their braces? Because apparently they all wear braces and they all have food stuck in them. So, um, Mike is like, wow, you know what, Luke, you're so right. How are we going to handle that? Who's going to drive the bus for these kids to chaperone these nerdifies? So, who comes in but Carol and Dwight, they went to a Swedish film festival because she saw my life as a dog. And of course, uh, Mike's got to make his joke of, why would you pay money to see that, Carol? You live it. Every... Ugh. See, this is why Tracy Gold had an eating disorder. This bullshit right here with the ugly, with the fat jokes. Yeah. Ugh. Season 7, clearly you see she's suffering and you're still doing these damn disgusting, hurtful jokes. Stop! I get it, they're brother and sister. I get it, they're always teasing each other. But at a point when a, an actress playing a role is physically suffering from being called fat for years on end, I think it's time you stop. And reevaluate what you're doing. There are other ways for siblings to joke around and stuff without causing physical torment to a human being. <laughs> the tall guy said, "Not for Ingvidam, not for Minfru." taking Carol to Swedish Film Festival. We're saying my life is a dog. Oh, well, Carol, why would you pay money to see that? You live it. <laughs> For your information, Dwight and I are getting pretty fed up with the way you guys treat me. That's right. <laughs> I've had an earful, 
and I don't want to hear you comparing my girlfriend to a Swedish film again. Know what I mean, Jelly Bean? Why <laughs> 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 We're ashamed of ourselves. Uh, hey, how about I make it up to you, huh? What would you say to uh, a ski trip this weekend at the White Mountain Lodge for 100 bucks? Oh, no, please. This ski trip is enough. I couldn't possibly accept 100 bucks. No, you're not paying anybody. No, Dwight, you would pay. Oh, that's better. Okay, uh, yeah, count us in. Okay. Do we bring our own lederhosen? Uh, no, no, you can rent. There's a lederhosen stand. <laughs> wait, wait, uh, Dwight, I almost forgot uh, the best part. See, you'll be driving up on a bus with 20 teenage chess players. Yippee-yay, yokai <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, well, what was I thinking? You, you will have to check their names off a list as they get on the bus. <laughs> you kidding? For a cheap ski trip, I'd check their teeth. <laughs> okay, well, great. Uh, just one other thing. When, when you tell Carol about this, make her think it was your idea. Okay, and, and let the bus ride be a surprise. Women love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mike, of you're course. so good to me. <laughs> <laughs> Honey. I'd just like to go skiing this weekend. With you? And no chess players. <laughs> oh, Dory, you are so good to me. <laughs> Apparently, when Mike makes the joke of why would you pay money to see that, you live it, Carol. The whole, we're going to see my life as a dog. And Dwight kind of even chuckles at that, and Carol kind of looks and like, what the fuck are you doing, guy? <laughs> so she heads off to the living room, and she kind of turns back to Dwight like, uh, you better make this right. So he's like, hey, I don't want <laughs> to Mike. I don't want to hear you comparing my girlfriend to a Swedish film festival again. Know what I mean, Jelly Bean? Like, oh my god. Dwight is so harmless, and the guy's wearing a cape. A cape! This is pre-Harry Potter. So, Mike and Luke devise this plan of, okay, okay, let's uh, make this up to you by having you um, go on a ski trip for, uh, you know, $100. And Dwight, of course, being not all there in the head, it's like, oh, well, the ski trip is enough. I couldn't possibly accept $100. And Mike's like, no, you would pay $100. Oh, and of course, um... Luke's doing the driving, you know, the wheel motion, like, let him know about the bus. And, of course, Mike said, well, of course, I also got to mention, you will riding, be, he, Mike uses the term, you will be driving up on a bus with, like, 20 other kids, high school kids, and you will have to check their names off on that list. So I can understand where... Later on, Dwight's going to be having driven the bus because Mike did say drive. And, of course, Dwight wants to know, like, oh, um, do we bring our own later hosing? And I didn't know what later hosing was when I first saw this when I was, like, 16. Like, what is later hosing? So later hosing are short or knee-length leather breeches that are worn as traditional garments in German-speaking countries. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, Mike's like, you will have to check these kids' names off a, you know, a checklist. And I'm just kind of thinking, wouldn't 
what kind of bus? Are you just able to just get a school bus and say, I'm taking these kids? What, no permission slips have to be signed? Are these kids 18? Are they all adults? What's going on here? But anyway, Mike's like, look, when Carol, you know, asks, just leave the kids and the bus ride out of it because, you know, apparently women love to be surprised about shit like that and just make her think this whole ski trip is your idea. So Carol comes in and Tori's like, honey, how would you say, what would you say to a ski trip weekend with no chess players as he turns over, looks over his shoulder at Mike and Mike's kind of like, yeah. (laughs) And of course, Carol's so excited we go to the living room where Maggie's like, okay, let me see if I understand this. You want to take Ben and Luke with you and Kate on a romantic weekend? That doesn't even begin to make any sense. Oh, and Maggie adds and a bunch of teenagers on a weekend ski trip. So Ben, Luke, and a bunch of teenagers on a weekend ski trip. And she's like, I'm gonna have a bit of an issue with that. Of course, Mike also adds that Dwight and Carol are coming, and Jason's like, all right, well, that sounds great, son. So Maggie's all like, Jason, geez, I mean, I feel great that Carol and Dwight are going along with this whole thing, but didn't you cave a little quickly? And he's like, honey, no, I didn't cave, trust me, okay? He isn't, his mind is thinking this will be a great weekend. I mean, my wife, we can just be together and enjoy each other's company and just have sex so many times uninterrupted, you know, because apparently Chrissy's going to go stay with Jason's mom and stepdad for the weekend. Apparently, this would, Jason says this would be our first weekend alone since Chrissy was born, so, like, the first weekend in five years. Really? Because there's an episode in, like, season six or seven... No, six or seven, five or six, one of them, where the kids, every, all the kids but Ben know that on Sundays, Jason and Maggie sleep in, and I'm putting sleep in in air quotes, because that's the day that they stay in bed and they have sexy times. And even Chrissy fucking knows that. But Ben has no damn clue. Like, what? My parents have sex? No way. It's like, how in the hell do you think you managed to exist on this earth? Okay, someone's not watching Chrissy. She's dragging in a hose from outside. And she's like, can you um, turn on the hose once I get up to my bedroom? That is the longest hose I've ever seen. And apparently she wants to make cement with gravel. And Maggie's like, honey, what what are you doing? You know, watch her. She is I don't know what she's doing, making cement out of gravel and water. I don't think it works that way, kid. Jason's like, how would you like to make cement at your grandma Irma's this weekend? And of course Chrissy's like, Yeah, sure, that sounds great. I just wish you'd said something before I schlepped the gravel upstairs. So schlepped is what like s- snuck up the gravel? What if she just get some pebbles from the driveway and say, oh, this is my cement. No way in hell is that hose long enough to take all the way upstairs. It would be several lengths of hose. 
Oh, Chrissy comes down. She barely made it up the stairs, and she takes the hose. And then before they cut to the next scene, she's turning around. It's like Jason's going to get wrapped up in that hose. Of course, the doorbell rings. Oh, in season, is this season six or seven, they introduced these annoying fucking neighbors named the Creedmoors, and this is like Jody Creedmoor, comes over to the Seavers with her kid in tow, who's played by, um, uh, this is little Max Creedmoor, played by Asher Metchik, who... Uh, let's see. He was in a few things. Oh, he was in American Dreams? Okay. Um, yeah, he was in The Torkelsons. He played young Stephen Floyd. Let's see, what else did he do? Um, Trading Mom, that also had Anna Klumsky, Sissy Spacek, and also uh, Michael Aaron Metchik, who is his older brother in real life, who played Stephen Floyd. Uh, oh, oh, Freaky Friday, the TV, my favorite version of Freaky Friday, I consider the best version, of course, is the TV movie from 1995, which had Shelley Long and Gabby Hoffman and Andrew Keegan. Oh, this boy played Ben Andrews. Okay, yeah, he also played Jackie Radowski in the 1995 Babysitter's Club movie. Um, he was also in an episode of Promised Land, and the last thing he did is in 2002 as a trumpet player, didn't even have a character name. But Jodie Creedmoor and her husband are going on vacation somewhere, and it's like, hey, can you uh, check our mail, bring our mail in, or goat cheese, I'll watch our house for us. Lady's a bitch! She, she comes in, she's like, oh, is there something different about this room? And Maggie, of course, is like, uh, no. And Jodie's like, too bad. I'm like, go fuck yourself. And Maggie, of course, is like, oh, is there something different about your hair? And Jodie's like, no. And, of course, Maggie's like, oh, too bad. And it's like, okay, Maggie, okay. We get you, hater. This lady's a bitch. So, Jason's like, oh, who's this little fella? And Jodie's like, oh, well, this is my son, Max. And, of course, Jason bends down, like, hey, buddy, give me five. And the kid's like, boom, right on his face. Like, damn, kid. The fuck? Is that how you greet? Apparently, he greets his grandparents that way by slapping them in the face. The fuck, child? And apparently, this is acceptable behavior for a five, four-year-old. He looks he could even be younger than Chrissy. I want to play this clip here. Just this, this Jody Creedmoor is such a character. Bonjour, tous I, Jody Creedmoor. Is there something different about this room? No. Too bad. <laughs> is there something different about your hair? No. Oh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Who's this little fella? This is my son, Max. Hey, give me five, Max. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> he must really like you. He usually only does that to his grandparents. <laughs> Any old who, we're going away this weekend. Could you keep an eye on our house? You know, taking the papers, the mail, the goat cheese. Hey, if it helps you get out of town, we're through. <laughs> <laughs> kiss, kiss. All right, now we're going to go to the ski lodge. And, of course, mind you, Kate still has no idea that this romantic weekend that she thinks Mike has planned for them is going to be interrupted with 20 high school kids. 
And Kate is just like marveling at the space. Like, oh my gosh, look at this bungalow. You can fit like 20 people in here. And of course, Mike's like, yeah, with any luck. So, of course, Kate's like, oh, I can't believe you got us this humongous place all to, your, to, to ourselves. I'd be kind of a little suspicious, like, why? I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a nice big place, but... Of course, Kate notices there's a bus that's been following them up there the whole time. That would be a red flag, like, what? what is this? I, I mean... I wouldn't want a ski weekend knowing there's going to be like a school of a school bus of kids coming up that are going to share the same space as me like no I don't mean same space by like the same room I mean just the same like air just the fact that there'd be kids like running rampant all over the place like ugh so Mike of course before things get too hectic wants to break the news. He wants to confess to Kate that um we're going to have these kids actually join us on our weekend. And Kate's like, "Join us? Really? What?" And Mike of course thinks it's still the chess kids like they're well-behaved kids. We won't even know they're there. And apparently Ben's like, "I didn't want to uh spend the weekend with nerds on ice, so I invited the biggest party animals in school. Very well-behaved, small, well-chaperoned group of kids will hardly notice. Okay, space fans! Let's get stupid! Uh, excuse me. Ben, Ben! Ben, what's going on? This, this cannot be the chess club. How can you tell? Well, uh, hey, hey, you, uh... If I challenge your queen with my rook, what would you do? Turn you upside down and make a wish. <laughs> Come on, Mike. I didn't want to spend the weekend with nerds on ice, so I invited the biggest party animals in school. Ben, how am I supposed to have a nice weekend with Kate with all these hornball party dogs around? You're right. You're right. I see your point. Let's send Kate home on the next bus. Yeah. Thank you, both. I said just club members. Well, you got one. Leo Lime Tongue Plotnik. Lime Tongue? Well, his tongue is green. He only eats green things. Only sense the explanation we can live with. <laughs> I'd be glad to wax him for you. Oh, I don't need my skis waxed. I'm not talking about your skis. Ew. <laughs> okay, I'll prison and accounted for. Oh, by the way, Mike, you didn't mention that I had to drive the bus. Wait, you weren't supposed to drive the bus. Oh, well, that's why that guy was cussing at me while we drove away. <laughs> no, I will not participate in anything called a moonathon. <laughs> Where are the rooms? All I want to do is get away from these screaming banshees. They were dancing on top of the bus. No, 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 Carol, you cannot go hide in your room. You and Dwight are here to chaperone. <laughs> Yeah, we talk dental hygiene, we talk later hosing, but there was no mention of chaperoning. Excuse me. I went out of my way to get you and Carol this bargain trip. And now when I need you the most, you, you don't have a couple extra minutes to keep an eye on some fun, starved Ooh, kids. Fucking... Yeah. That's right. I've been a pig. Selfish, selfish, selfish. Okay, now come here. The, the boys' rooms are over here on the right, and the girls are on the left. And whatever you do, uh, don't play chess with the big guy. Uh, could I have your attention? 
push things too far. I only came up here because Dwight said you invited us out of the goodness of your heart. This is so bullshit. You've known me for 20 years. Does that sound like me? <laughs> no. Now go chef. Like, call me old-fashioned, but 20 kids pantsing the bellhop, it's not exactly my idea of a romantic weekend. <laughs> One guy seems to be enjoying it. <laughs> Don't worry about the kids. They'll be fine. Oh, my God. Mr. Seaver, who are you? Ew. I'll be with you in a second, Lime Tongue. Lime Tongue. Uh, look, Kate, it's gonna be fine. Carol's in charge of the kids, and we won't even notice them once they hit the snow. Oh, that's what I came to tell you, sir. There's no snow. The ski area is completely shut down. The Something hell? to do with tropical depression, Irv. Snow? You know what? I'm excited too. I'm allergic to snow. Now we can break out the chessboards and have a hoot nanny. Uh, look, your uh, your hoot master is named Carol. Okay, she's what he looks like. She tasted earwax. Why, if these kids can't ski, they're gonna tear this place apart. Kate, Kate, relax. That's the beauty of my plans. It's not our problem. It's Carol's. So this is fucking nuts. As these party animal high school kids just run right into this cabin. Someone's got a giant ass, doesn't even look real, stereo. We got the guy who played Abraham on The Walking Dead, R.I.P. Abraham, who I guess his name is like Chuck Steak or some shit. And he's like, hey, space fans, let's get stupid. And they're all these kids are just running in there and just causing all kinds of fucking havoc. And it's like, it if I were a candy, I'd be like, okay, I'm I'm not staying here for this shit. I'm out. Have fun babysitting these fucking high schoolers. So, of course, Mike goes over to Ben and Luke, like, wait a minute, Ben. These don't look like chess club players. And Ben's like, well, how can you be sure? And, of course, we see, I'm just going to call him Chuck. Um, he's got a table that looks like he's probably going to use it for sledding or some something to that effect. And he, Mike's like, hey, if I challenge my queen with your rook, what would you do? And Chuck's like, turn you upside down and make a wish. It's like, okay, clearly these are not chess club players. I mean, you look at them, they're rowdy, they're loud, they're just, ugh. Yeah, these aren't chess club players. And... Ben's all like, I didn't want to spend the weekend with nerds on ice, so I invited the biggest party animals in school. Like, they'd listen to Ben. Well, Luke's there, so. And Mike's like, hey, this is supposed to be my romantic weekend with Kate. How can I have a romantic weekend with all these dingle hoppers around? And Ben's like, you know what? I see your point, Mike. Why don't we send Kate home on the next bus? And I love how Luke's like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And of course, Mike slaps them both across the face. And it's like, I said chess club plans! Members, whatever! <laughs> Apparently, they brought one chess club player, Leo Limetongue Plotnik. Plotnik or whatever. And Mike's like, Limetongue? And Ben's like, yeah, well, his tongue is green. He only eats green things. And Luke's like, yeah, or at least that's the explanation we can live with. Ugh. Oh, we got Chuck flirting with Kate over as she's, like, trying to keep her composure and not, like, scream and run out of the room and get in the car and just leave, which is what I would do. And, of course, he's like, 
Because she's, like, looking at her nails and stuff like that, and Chuck's, like, leaning over the chair that Kate's sitting in. He's like, oh, I'll wax them for you. And she's like, oh, I don't need my skis waxed. And he's like, hey, I wasn't talking about your skis. As he, like, hops into the chair with her. Ew. So Dwight comes in with a checklist of students. And he's like, oh, Mike, you didn't tell me how to drive the bus. Well, didn't he just say you'll be driving up with 20, like, high school kids? But Mike's like, Dwight, you didn't have to drive the bus. And Dwight's like, well, that explains why there was a guy cussing at me as I drove away. <laughs> Carol comes in and she's like, okay, I just want to go hide in my room. These banshees were screaming and dancing on top of the bus. And of course... Mike's like, no, Carol, you and Dwight can't go hide in your rooms. You guys are here to chaperone these kids. And Carol's like, well, wait a minute. No, I don't remember that. We were supposed to have a nice, fun ski weekend. And even Dwight's like, well, we talked dental hygiene and later hosing, but I don't remember any chaperoning being involved. It's like, well, wait a minute. I go out of my way to get you this bargain trip. Bargain trip my ass. You charged him $100, which is probably for him and Carol together. So how is this a bargain trip? It's not. So Mike is like, all right, so the boys' rooms are on the right, the girls are on the left, and whatever you do, don't play chess with the big guy who is now flirting with this one girl who is actually Joanna Kearns' daughter, Ashley. This is so funny how Dwight is trying to give the attention of the kids. He's like, might I have your attention? And someone, like, chucks a football in the back of his head. <laughs> He's like, what happened? <laughs> Carol's like, look, Mike, I only came up here because Dwight said that you invited us out of the goodness of your heart. And of course, Mike's like, look, Carol, you've known me for 20 years. Does that sound like something that I would ever be? And she's like, well, no. He's like, well, then go chaperone. And of course, Kate is like, they got the door closed. And <laughs> Kate is looking out the window and it's like, I wouldn't call 10 kids pantsing a bellboy like a romantic weekend or whatever. And Mike's like, well, one guy seems to be enjoying it as the doors fly open and we got like three to four kids carrying a bellhop into the ski cabin with his pants around his ankles. They would be kicked out. They would be kicked out of there. And then again, this White Mountain Lodge place has a room that somebody was murdered in that cost $275 to rent. So, whatever. Apparently, Lime Tongue here mentions that there's no snow. Uh, wouldn't you get that on the drive up? You'd be like, dang, it looks like there's no snow. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to turn around and leave. Or ask for my money back, but then again, Maurice, I, I don't trust that guy. I just, I don't trust him. But he rents out rooms where someone was murdered. Apparently, the reason there's no snow is some tropical depression herb, whatever the hell that is. And of course, Kate's like, dang it, there's no snow? And Leo Limetongue is like, I'm happy too. I'm allergic to snow. Let's go break out the chessboard and have a hoot nanny. And of course, Mike is like, okay, that's enough, Mr. Limetong. You go find Carol. She's your hoot master. She looks like she tasted earwax and he shoves them out the door. Of course, Kate is 
definitely, Mike, get this through your head. If there's no snow, these kids are going to rip this place to shreds. We already saw one take a table out of the room, and someone took a giant-ass painting. Eh. So Mike's like, look, care, uh, Kate, it's fine, okay? It's not our problem. It's Carol's. And Dwight and Luke come in with Carol between them because apparently she sprained her ankle. She slipped on some ice. And Mike's like, what ice? There's not even any damn snow outside. Apparently Leo Limetongue, like, dropped his Fanta. Fuck off with this. Ugh, Leo Limetongue, Mr. Plotnik, you are a giant dum-dum. Apparently he likes to wear all green as well, because he's got green gloves, a green turtleneck, and a green hat and coat, and he's like, hey, he puts an arm around Kate, like, dude, you got some fucking balls, because I'd be busting your face. He's like, hey, let ditch Brillo head and let's get stupid. Like, dude, who do you think you are? Alright, so now we're going to go back to the Seaver home. We're in Jason and Maggie's bedroom and it's like, wow, this is getting a little too close for comfort as uh, Maggie is lounging on the bed with some very sexy lingerie. I mean, you get the, I'm going to play this clip because the audience apparently loves it too. (laughs) Granted, their sexy weekend is going to be interrupted by the neighbor's house alarm going off to the point where it's going to make your ears bleed. (coughs) Jason, just you and I in this big house all by ourselves. Mm -hmm. Whatever shall we do? Oh, I don't know. Coming from the Creedmoors, it must be their stupid house alarm. Did somebody break in? Oh, God, I hope so. Maybe they'll shut the alarm up. Oh. Hello. Yes, yes, I- I'm calling to report a house alarm going off at 17 Robin Hood Lane. And yes, I know I have a very nice speaking voice. Thank you. But... No, I don't want you to come over. I-, I-, I would just like you to notify the police. Good, you'll send somebody over? Uh, when? Between 20 minutes and six hours? No, that's ridiculous. We got a crisis and the 911 operator's flirting with me. That's unprofessional of her. Him. (laughs) So apparently someone probably broke into the Creedmoor's house. Well, remember the episode when uh, someone broke into the Seaver's house back in like season three, possibly? And it's just like, oh my god. And they trip the house alarm and it's just going off like a siren. And it's it's one it's loud enough, it's like you can't ignore that. And their house is like right next door. Jason calls the nine one one operator to see if they can send a cop to uh turn it off. And the person's flirting with Jason, like, oh, oh, well, thank you. I guess I do have a nice speaking voice. And he's like, okay, will you send somebody between 20 minutes and six hours? What the heck? And he hung up. And Jason's like, yeah, the 911 operator was flirting with me. And Maggie's like, well, that's unprofessional of her. And he's like, uh, it was a him, actually. Now we're going to go back to the ski cabin. We got Mr. Plotnik here, Mr. Leo Limetongue, singing something from 
is it Mansfield Park or some shit? Like, I left a cake out in the rain or blah, blah, blah. I didn't know Mike could actually play a guitar. That's interesting. And the kids are just bored off their asses. Because there's no snow. I could hang out at home and be bored off my ass. I wouldn't want to pay to go someplace to not be able to do anything. Oh, Mike finally is like, all right, that's enough. Is it 9.30? All right, kids, time to go to bed. Of course, um, Joanna Kearns' daughter Ashley does get a line where she complains to Ben. First there's no snow, and now I have to go to bed early? You are worse than my mother. Of course, uh, Chuck here decides to grab Ben by the collar of his shirt, basically yank him up off his feet and says... I came here to have a good weekend. I came to ski, and I'm going to do so. I'm going to have a fun weekend, whether I ski or snowplow your fucking face. Yeah, he paid for a fun weekend. I want to play this clip. First there's no snow, and now I have to go to bed early? You are worse than my mother. I paid for a fun weekend, and I'm going to have fun, whether I party or snowplow your face. Of course, Dwight carries Carol to her room because her ankle is sprained. And they're all like, oh, this is just like Gone with the Wind, my rat, my scarlet. And Luke's like, my God, what this bullshit. So Dwight's got to go do a bed check. And Kate's complaining to Mike, like, look, we haven't spent two minutes alone. I spent more time with Grain Tongue. Uh, apparently it's Lime Tongue. In case, like, Mike, do something. And, of course, Mike's like, hey, Lime Tongue, go suck an avocado. So Mike turns the light off to create an adorable atmosphere with snuggling by the fire and hot cocoa. Apparently they can't say hot chocolate. And he puts some pillows down and everything like that. And then Dwight comes in from a bed check and says, oh, they're all in their rooms playing Oh, you're hearing these kids going, go, 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 go. They're playing mixed doubles for cheese. What the fuck is mixed doubles? Apparently, in case, like, mixed doubles and Mike's, like, in their beds. And apparently they said something about shirts and skins. Of course, Kate's like, well, Mike, you better make sure nobody scores. And then you hear this, yeah, like, oh, my God. Of course, they're teenagers and sex escapades are going to happen. Kids are all in their beds playing mixed doubles for cheesy. Mixed doubles? In their beds? Yeah, I said something about shirts and skins. You better make sure no one scores. Alright, now we go back over to the Seaver home. Jason and Maggie, the lights are out. They're laying in bed. They're just, their ears are probably bleeding at this point along with their eyeballs at this damn constant noise. And Maggie's finally like, Jason, for the umpteenth time, let's just check into a hotel. Jason, of course, being a cheapskate in a way, it's like, we're not going to an expensive hotel just because we have thoughtless neighbors. And he's like, I have better things to do with my thirty-six fifty. You are cheap. Thirty-six fifty is expensive in nineteen ninety-one. 
Meg is like, Jason, why don't you just try blocking the sound out of your mind? Pretend it's the ocean. And Jason's like, he's got his hands covering his ears. Like, Maggie, the ocean doesn't make my ears bleed. Like, you can't escape that sound. Finally, I think he decides to just go over there and shut the alarm off himself. Apparently, he gets back on the phone again. He's called more than a few times to try to get somebody to get their ass over there and shut the fucking alarm off. There are other houses on that street. You're telling me they're not bitching to whoever to turn that fucking alarm off? Now burn their house down then. Burn down the Creedmoor's house. They're annoying neighbors. Maybe they'll move. <laughs> so now we go back to the ski lodge and we got Mike trying to watch the kids because he got boys on the right or no. Yeah, boys are on the right and girls are on the left. As we got him going up and down the hallway as he, girls are sneaking into guys' rooms. Guys are sneaking into girls' rooms. This is fucking insane. Luke apparently decides to sneak over to the girls' room and Mike gets into a tug-of-war with the girl who's trying to keep Luke in there. It's like, And then Luke is like on the floor and crawling back to his room as Mike kicks him in the ass. Like, come on, Luke. I know you're a teenager, but give me a break here. He's got enough issues to worry about these other kids. Set an example, will you please? Apparently Ben thinks he's hot shit so he can go into the girls' room and he goes into one, but of course he's met by Chuck, who shoves him out of the girls' room, sending Ben crashing into the fucking wall. Of course, there's no dialogue played during this whole thing. It's like this uh, Pink Panther cartoon theme playing. As Mike, like, wallops Ben upside the head and, like, get your ass back in your fucking room. Of course, heaven forbid he can't do that to Chuck because Chuck is, like, seven feet tall, practically. And Mike just, can you please go to your room? This is ridiculous. Mike thinks he's going to put a chair up against the door to keep the kids in there when it turns out they open the door and take the chair there. Ew! The fuck? Right after that, a girl leaves the room. Like, th this is some messed up shit. It just collapses on the bench in the the hallway there and we have all the doors open and all the kids poke their heads out it's like go to bed so now we go back to the Seaver house and there's a knock on the door Maggie goes downstairs and oh a police officer did come and of course they nabbed Jason who's trying to break into the Creedmoor house so he can shut the fucking alarm off because apparently the police are too damn busy to do it themselves when you just call the alarm company? The damn alarm is still going off. So Maggie's like, look, my husband is a well-respected man and a psychiatrist. And of course, the police officer is just like laughing about that. <laughs> Maggie finds like, well, because Jason was on a letter trying to shut off the fucking alarm because no one else would bother, bother to do it. And, of course, she's like, it's that alarm. Can't you do something? And the, the damn police officer makes a joke about pistol whipping Jason. The hell? Turn the damn alarm off. Can you do that? Apparently his partner's already on it to shut the alarm off. Thank you. I'm surprised the whole damn block isn't complaining about that noise. Of course, he's handcuffed Jason. He's like, oh, thank you. You're a prince. And, of course... 
the cop some freaking homophobic moment where he's like, I'm sorry, that stuff may work on the 911 operator, but that shit don't fly with me. Oh, he's like, I'm a different breed of cat. Like, whatever. Just take the handcuffs off him. So it's morning time. Mike is sleeping on the bench. He's going to have such a sore neck when he wakes up. And apparently he used pots and silverware connected to the doors so that way he could hear if they opened. Apparently Lime Tongue has got the Parcheesi board game. Kate, of course, is complaining like, look, see, this none of this would have happened if you'd let me just paid for a simple trip. Mike's like, Kate, if it had just snowed and... Ben had invited the chess club and Leo Plotnik had never been born. I mean, it's like, Mike, because of your stupid pigheadedness, nobody had fun this weekend. Of course, <laughs> Dwight is carrying K- Carol piggyback and she's having a fun old time. It's like, ew. I love Luke's line here. He's like, gosh, I hope she dismounts him before he drives us home. <laughs> Kate is like, look, Mike, next time whoever has the money pays. And Lime Tongue comes in and says, bad news, there's a blizzard as the phone rings and Ben gets it. Roads are closed until tomorrow. See, everyone's packed to leave and it's like, yeah! So Kate, of course, doesn't even know that this transpired, that there's a blizzard and they're stuck there till tomorrow. Because she's kind of back. She's like, I'm packed. I just want to go home. And of course, Mike's like, uh, remember you said the next thing we do, the person with the money pays? <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> We're kind of stuck here another night. And Ben's like, hey, Mike, that was a front desk. They said if you want to stay here another night, it's going to be a $1,000 deposit. The fuck? For that fucking place? I wouldn't pay $20 to stay in that hole. <laughs> Oh, this dang Chuck guy is going to wind up in jail one day. Because um, he pushes Mike out of the way and puts Kate over his shoulder. What in the hell? Do you know why this whole disaster happened? Because you couldn't let me pay for a simple trip. Uh, Kate, Kate, if it had just snowed and if, if Ben had invited the chess club and Carol hadn't slipped on that soda and, and, and Lime Tongue hadn't have been born. Mike, because of your stupid pig-headed pride, nobody had fun this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> hope she dismounts him before he drives us home. <laughs> Next time, whoever has the money pays. I'll get it. Bad news, there's a blizzard. The roads are closed until tomorrow. Yeah! They said if you want to stay another night, they need a thousand dollar deposit. Kate, remember what you said about whoever has the money pays? <laughs> All right, everybody, that was pretty much the episode. Kind of one and done. I mean, you had the whole plot B with Jason and Maggie and that alarm and then you had of course plot A which was the whole happening at the ski lodge which was just 
I can, I really, honestly, after seeing, you know, season seven, just kind of, it was kind of a, a weak sauce kind of season where it's like they knew things were ending and, you know, bringing in Leonardo DiCaprio as a last, last ditch effort to kind of um, put some juice back in the sh- into the show, you know, throw in a, a, a teen heartthrob and, um... I no way in hell could I have seen this going for another season. This just the episodes. There's not a lot to them. It's like seems like everyone. It almost like, and especially with everything with Kirk Cameron and stuff. I'm sure everyone was ready to get the hell off the show. Like, okay, enough's enough. Because by season seven, it's almost like the show had become like I don't know, just. Not like what it used to be. The story's just, I mean, this was kind of cute and kind of funny and all. And, you know, being it's, it's winterish time and whatnot. So I thought, you know, this would be a fun episode to kind of do. And it was kind of fun. I mean, I enjoyed the, uh, the ski lodge stuff. And it's funny how, uh, Dwight apparently was, and Carol were supposed to be the chaperones, but she's sprained her ankle and Dwight's got to take care of her. So Mike ends up having to be the one. To play guard dog or watchdog over these hormonal teenagers that basically are just across the hall from each other. Apparently, Mike was no threat to them as they kept sneaking into the rooms as he was walking up and down the hall. But uh, yeah, I'd say definitely for uh, the lesson I learned from this episode is I'm with Kate. Whoever has the money pays. Don't let your macho pride get in the way. Don't feel like, oh, well, she's going to pay for us to go on a ski weekend. Who cares? Just enjoy each other's company. Doesn't matter who pays. So for February, for the month of love, I'll call it, I'm going to do another episode from season seven. It's season seven, episode 17. Wow, they're almost at the end of the, uh, the show. Ben and Luke fight over a girl at school, and Chrissy tries to understand her parents' jobs. This has got an 8.0. What did the last one have? Call the Wild have had a 7.4. Yeah, Menage Luke's kind of cooler because it's got more, it's got more oomph, more weight to it, I think. Whereas the family's, you know, together, whereas here, like, Maggie and Jason are doing their own thing. Chrissy's off at, you know, the grandparents' house. And then you got Mike, Kate, Carol, Dwight, Ben, and Luke all at the ski lodge. And it just, it didn't seem like there's a whole lot really going on other than that. So, but I just thought, oh, um, well, this episode actually did air in February, like a week before Valentine's Day. Menage Luke. February 8th, 1992. Like I said, Ben and Luke fight over a girl at school and Chrissy tries to understand her parents' jobs. Um, Apparently, Growing Pains is no longer on Prime Video. or I mean, it is, but you can watch it for like a buck 99, which, that sucks. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Look at this, look at this. This, for uh, Menachia Luke, the trivia, this episode guest stars two future Oscar winners, Hilary Swank, Boys Don't Cry in 99, and Million Dollar Baby in 04, Leonardo DiCaprio, 2015. The episode's title is a reference to the term Menachia Trois. Hilary Swank and Joanna Kearns would later work together again in the TV movie Terror in the Family in 96, which 
I did cover that movie last year. Was it last year? Or was it 2018? I can't. I think it was 2019. Gosh, I can't remember. It's like the years all kind of blend together after a while. But um, yeah, check it out. I, you know, really enjoyed that covering that movie. So that being said, Menage Luke, look for that in February. In March, being spring towards the end of the month i will be doing season four's birth of a seaver kind of about spring and rebirth um and after that i'm going to take a small little break from the podcasts um with things coming up things going on at at uh on the homestead here so just kind of play it by ear i'm going to take a break from the growing pains podcast and probably my other podcasts for a little bit it just kind of depends so i'll keep you guys posted so otherwise enjoy this episode and have a great week bye bye <laughs>